0: Hi, everyone. Thank you once again for coming to uh, Lifestyle TV USA by Dr. Moby, the number one professional uh, podcast TV in the US and ranked 56th worldwide. And also to my own podcast Talk About Life by Vicky Escher, where you, whereby you can find me on all podcast catchers on 15 platforms and growing in over 30 countries and also my YouTube channel Talk About Life and today is actually the 19th of October 2021 and wherever you are or whenever you are either today you're tuning in or tomorrow, next year it's going to go into infinity that's the power of the digital world, the fourth industrialization and I'm so excited to be always on a podcast because we're connected to the world instantly and for perpetuity and it is 1 59 pm in singapore and singapore is one degree latitude north from the equator please tell everyone who you are where you are from richard and he is my new friend and a special guest for the new show richard would you like to introduce yourself to the singaporean international american audience
1: hi yeah well thank you very much vicky for having me on your show today uh my name is richard Lowe, and uh, originally i'm from oxford england however i've lived over half my life here in asia uh, over 28 years in total of which 26 years have been in singapore so it's been a a, a real great experience uh, living my life here married to japanese national i had four children who've all been born and raised in singapore Um, they refer to often as third culture kids because they have a japanese mother British father, and yet born and raised here in Singapore.
0: And you know, Richard, I'm so glad to have you because like, you are really the epitome of the global citizen, right? Uh, I would like to think so, yes.
1: Um, I often say that when I backpack around the world at the age of 23 years old, it's like the, uh, the university of life, and uh, taught me perhaps a lot more than my academic uh, background in
0: but and, and you know richard um you know there is such a huge um uh uh i should say different school of thoughts right now particularly in the pandemic that everyone is actually doing homeschooling or online schooling um, there is this talk that you know education doesn't make a person anymore uh, it's all—it's all about surviving out there. Now that you have talked about education, it's about surviving in the world that the world is being disrupted by technology. That you and I are—we are connected, both in Singapore and now going to America and elsewhere in the world. Uh, we're really talking about the world that is disrupted, uh, even in your sleep, even when you do not know it, uh, and also like disrupted by a virus. You know, everyone is kept. Uh, lockdown in 2020 and now the, the economies are trying to open up the borders are opening up it's like virus or no virus we got to live so you know you know Richard the thing about education and yourself and your children in Singapore they are really uh, under this 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 climate in education right whereby they are put in a hot in, in a red race isn't it uh, Richard?
1: Well, certainly Singapore has uh, a very demanding education system Uh, and I do get gripes from the kids at times that, oh, can we go overseas and uh, go to a school where we don't have so much homework? Um, But at the end of the day, I I, I value uh, a good education. I think it helps to train the mind. It helps you to question uh, the world around you. And hopefully, if nothing else, uh, and perhaps most importantly, uh, how to navigate the challenges of life
0: um, yeah exactly uh, like like what you said you know um like if we look at the pandemic and the current affairs of of the world right now pre pandemic pandemic and now we are mid pandemic hopefully we will be post pandemic soon you know a lot of issues really arises from uh, uh, the pandemic situation we're talking about a lot of nationalism uh, uh, energies a lot of uh, discrimination racism around the world and, and I thought it's so, I am really honoured to have you on uh, because I have known you, I've speak, uh, spoken to you in, in the last couple of weeks, like you are someone that really embraces diversity, uh, Richard, especially that you have like settled down in Singapore.
1: Absolutely. Uh, when I backpacked around the world, one of the things that attracted me to come back to Asia, uh, and again, particularly places like Hong Kong and Singapore was the cultural diversity. Uh, it's very common, I've been to uh, banquets and weddings where there might be 12 people sitting around the table, and you've got 12 different nationalities, and that opens Singapore. up, yeah, and you know, living here in Singapore, and that opens up, you know, really entertaining conversation, diverse ideas, thoughts, and uh, I think at the end of the day, when you can hear uh, almost like a, a mini United Nations around the table. You can get a far better understanding of the world around you and how people perceive it. And just the way... uh, because the way you were brought up in life doesn't necessarily mean to say that's the way the rest of the world sees uh, how the world works and doesn't necessarily mean that the way that you were brought up is the only way and, and the right way. And I think by embracing Uh, cultural diversity, we can learn a great deal about, you know, how the world operates and, uh, you know, get a a greater perspective.
0: And, and you know, um, why I think um, you are the epitome of a a successful expat who has uh, integrated successfully in Singapore, that I think it's also important to tell the international audience. Um, Richard, here uh, from Oxford, um, uh, UK, Um, integrated here successfully and now having children that I should say like the third culture but almost I would say that they're almost like a Singaporean right Richard and and, and I want you to like give us like a couple of examples like some of these uh, things that you have learned um, through your children's lives about having this third culture here in Singapore
1: well yeah they they are third culture kids and um, they have taken on probably more values of Singapore because this is where they've been brought up and and raised. Um, You know, just one example is the school system. Um, They have been brought up through the the local school system and uh, on one side, they do have a tendency to complain about it, but at the same time, Singapore has one of the best education systems um, in, in the world. Uh, you know, they can speak Singlish as, as well as anybody. Uh, and for those in the audience who are not familiar with Singlish, it is a, an English sort of twang that also brings in all sorts of uh, other words from uh, the local languages here as well. So, you know, they're, they're Eurasian kids. Uh, it's, been, it's been great. You know, I, I've often asked them, I said, you know, having lived in Singapore, being Eurasian, have you ever been teased uh, for looking maybe slightly, slightly different? Um, and not once have they ever been teased in Singapore. Uh, Singapore culture has been very, very accepting of Eurasian children. I think Singapore uh, uh, people are um, accustomed, you know, to seeing uh, Eurasian children and because they're brought up in a multicultural society, uh, seeing faces that look and, you know, speak a little bit differently is is quite normal.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, Richard, we are now in the, the the depths of the pandemic. Hopefully, we will emerge it soon. You know, it's like we, are, we, are, we all have our faith, uh, fates, destinies type right now throughout the world. Um, we're talking about UK that's gone to normalcy. Um, we've gone to US now. US is like, it's 50-50 now. Parts of the US is open up. Other parts of uh, the states are really in lockdown. Like my friend who texts me, you know, she says that you know, in many parts of California, it is still um, very close. It is still closed. The economy is still closed because the numbers are shooting. The Byron, the Delta Byron, um, it's up. And it, it, you know, it really teach uh, us during this pandemic to really like quieten down and really like listen to the world, uh, Richard. And, and you brought up a very important point, like your children, right? Um, they, are, uh, they are, they are grown up. Uh, in, in in a bi-cultural uh, household, you and your wife, and now being uh, uh, living in the third culture in Singapore. And you want to say about Singapore, the Singlish, and a little bit about Singapore to the rest of the world. I, I always feel that uh, Singlish is something to be really celebrated. Um, even though I don't like to speak too much of it, but I think it celebrates the amalgamation, the melting pot of a foreign language from different culture, And we're talking about times whereby Singapore was really trying to find its identity, trying to find its footing, whereby with all these immigrants from all around the world, I mean in part of Southeast Asia, coming here together on this little island and trying to make sense of the future and themselves, so I always feel that Singlish is something not to be embarrassed about, not to be put down, but something that people should embrace because it is about anthropology. It is about history written. It is about this group of people who try to learn and accept each other with respect and with grace because we borrow the language from Malay, from English, from Hokkien, from Cantonese, from Indian, whatever language there there is, even from Hindu or Tamil, whatever, you know, to put into a language whereby Hey, I hear you. Hey, yep. I think I know you. I mean, it is—it is a mirror of the pandemic we are in right now, uh, Richard.
1: Well, I think uh, you know Singlish is a great example, as you say, of Singapore's uniqueness. Sometimes uh, you hear sort of the the tourist board wonder, well, what, what is it that uh, is unique to Singapore? And and really, I think, as a, if you're coming in as a tourist. Um, Although there are some lovely tourist attractions, I think the the greatest thing is, uh, the uniqueness is its diversity. And and there lies, uh, you know, what what I think sets Singapore uh, apart. And Singlish, the language which is this almost, what we call the uh, Rojak, the mixture of languages (laughs) that have been put together uh, from all different cultures, Is again something that's unique. Sometimes the government frowns on it because uh, foreigners don't understand it. But, you know, like all countries, we have our own sort of parochial style of 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 communication. Of
0: course. I mean, I call it the Kampucha. (laughs) Like <laughs> a tea of language, right? You've yes. got to put it in, marinate it, ferment it, and it comes out something else. But hopefully, it comes out something beautiful. You know, Richard, you've shared with us a little bit about yourself, your life. You know, the audience get to know you. Tell us about your your yourself right now. I mean, I see one global property services, and I, and I do see you um, talking to people. Your webinars uh, is on on my uh, email um, marketing one of you to be on your email marketing list. I mean, I do see you uh, uh, having your classes. Tell us what you do actually um, Richard. Well, when I originally
1: came to Asia, I was 20, uh, to live here that is, I was, let me think, I was 25 years old. I was working in the uh, sports and fitness industry. And then the company I was working for relocated me here to Singapore. Uh, that mm-hmm. was back in July of 1995.
0: Well, you came and- from Hong Kong.
1: Yeah. So I lived in oh, Hong Kong wow. from 93 to 95, just before the, the handover. So mm. uh, as a British citizen, it's very easy to live and work there. But as I say, my company relocated me to, to Singapore. I'd only been here for a few days when i backpacked around a few years before, uh, was thrown in the deep end, knew nobody, had no contacts, was 29 years old, uh, very sort of naive and uh, wet behind the ears, but uh, uh, like a lot of situations, Uh, thrown in at the deep end and go out and kind of make it happen. Um, Over the years, uh, you know, I'd uh, grown uh, in uh, very senior roles within the health and fitness industry uh, and and got to a point where I couldn't really see myself um, sort of climbing the ladder any further and uh, a good friend of mine that had also worked in the health and fitness industry I uh, had started up a real estate investment company and I decided to, to cross over into real estate and uh, have worked in various capacities, whether that's in pure finance, uh, developer finance or marketing of international real estate investment. Yeah. And as you can see from the logo behind, uh, I presently work with Walt Global, which is a company that provides an end-to-end solution. For clients who want to access international real estate investment particularly strong in the UK but perhaps just don't have the time or the motivation to go and do their own due diligence and want to lean on the expertise of a company that's uh, able to literally guide them through the whole a to z of how to navigate the challenges of investing in an overseas property
0: yeah and you you know uh and i'm so glad that you're on the show um you know Singaporeans are big on investing in real estate I
1: Absolutely. mean it's the rich
0: dad poor dad Robert Kiyosaki that I actually subscribe online when he shows pop I will watch you know um, I mean he's the father um, for a lot of people uh, for the first time investment right and we're talking about in a pandemic whereby I, I talked to uh, my French uh, uh, you know friends and I spent seven years there trying to build my own real estate Company, my real estate network, um, uh, you know, buying land and, and trying to build and getting all the licenses. You know, it's something that I, I like to do. You know, endeavor inside besides just getting the the, the passive income, but really getting it up um, as 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 a woman who wants to you know do something uh, to 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 for myself. Right? It's, it's always like I love the kind of heat and the kind of challenge um, that going going into a new endeavor brings. Um, and, and you know. In this pandemic times, we're talking about the economy that's almost shut up, shut down, right? Data from IMF, from World Bank, um, Christine Lagarde. You know, there's so much words. Uh, Christine Lagarde used to be the IMF chief, but now she's in Euro Central Bank. Now, you know, there is a lot of news that comes out to talk about to say that you know the world is going to go to great depression, right? In 2020, it's going to go to the unprecedented great depression that the world has not seen be ready for it. I mean, we heard about that in 2020, but somehow in 2020, 2021, we did not go into that. But of course, because a lot of borrowings from all around, around the world, uh, you've got, you're talking about France, you're talking about Singapore, but America, uh, the debt ceiling rising again. And there's a lot of borrowings and of course inflation, uh, we're going up, of course. But besides that, um, we do not really see the deep uh, depression uh, that was actually being uh, uh, rumoured in 2020 by a lot of uh, experts. Uh, in fact, uh, a real estate was one of the shining uh, sectors that actually was shining because the properties have gone up and I was talking to my friends in, in France Uh, In US, in Las Vegas, my personal friend, and also in Australia, another realtor friend of mine. And of course, in Singapore, the numbers just keep rising and rising and Singapore government is trying to put a stop to it, right? Uh, You know, it it is almost like the place to park your money where the world is going through uncertainties. Uh, am, Am I right, Richard?
1: Yeah, it's been an absolutely crazy year. I remember back in January, February, of last year when the pandemic was breaking out and the analysts in the UK property market were anticipating anywhere between a five to seven percent decrease in property prices. And boy, how wrong could they be? Um, You know, it it is counterintuitive and I don't blame them. I think most people would have anticipated real estate prices to go down when you're anticipating a major recession or even worse, still a a depression to occur. But you know, the, the the UK has seen an average of thirteen point two percent increase in property prices in the last year. Thirteen point two.
0: Thirteen
1: point two on average. Oh my average. god, that, that's like yeah, it's not
0: Breaking the roof. You know? <laughs> it's uh, not like some going some, some the regions room, in the north. It kind of really like broke the roof, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, in the northwest of England, even higher, up at eighteen percent in the Liverpool Manchester area. So it's kind of defied yeah. all logic. But mm. actually, on reflection. Um, uh, several things have come together to drive mm. this. Uh, one key thing is the desire to live in a bigger place, often in a, a location that's close to parkland recreation. Uh, people are working far. No more, more from hospitals, their right?
0: Like yeah. no more hospitals. I don't want yeah. to be near to a hospital. Yeah. You know, past it's always like they want to be near to the hospitals. Like I think that's a change. Like I really don't want to be near hospitals anymore. <laughs> yes, absolutely.
1: Yeah. So, you know, people have been upgrading. So, the activity of property, yeah. because yeah. people have wanted and rethought where they want to be living, yeah. and yeah. it's had a major impact. And yeah. then, coupled with that, you've had in the UK a temporary stamp duty holiday on the first £500,000. Oh, wow. So, that's a major saving.
0: Can you repeat that loud and clear to everyone?
1: <laughs> there was a there was a a, a temporary tax holiday. Duty holiday. Yeah, wow! So it's the
0: tax, huge. The tax that's huge.
1: Saving uh, of over fifteen thousand pounds on the first wow. five hundred thousand pounds of your property, and that's huge. The that's lowest huge. interest rates in three hundred years, which means getting access to financing and mortgages is cheaper now than it's ever been in living memory. So these things have come together and actually fueled the uh, the real estate industry and also in the uk we found that over the brexit period and all the political shenanigans that went on with that that mm. many people decided to sit on the fence because mm. they err on the side of caution they weren't sure you know what was going to happen to the property market the uk economy and so many people were sitting on the fence for four or five years since the brexit referendum mm. uh, but have recently added to this fuel on the fire, so to speak, uh, jumped into the property market and it's just been going ballistic.
0: Mm. And, and you know what, just to echo um, you, this is what's happening in Singapore, right? And also in France. And you know, the, the, because I, I have, I'm so much uh, into the French uh, real estate, um, you know, something that I can talk to you about, it really uh, delights me to talk to you, someone um, on a professional level. Um, you know, the uh, French uh, 20-year loan It's less than one percent yeah it's it's ranging from 0.7 to 0.9 it's like wow that's free money right
1: (laughs) absolutely yeah i've heard from clients who are french if they're french citizens living in france the access to finance is very cheap Albeit, I've heard that you know the taxes can be very high. Yes, it is. Um, yeah. But you know, you're right. Many, many countries around the world have just seen an explosion in their real estate. Again, going back to those fundamentals, that people are now rethinking: what do I need from a property if I'm going to be working either full time or part time from home? I no longer need to be necessarily geographically close to where I'm working. Mm. And if that's in the city, uh, the centre of a major city like London you could be paying three, four, five times the price for your rental to purchase the property than something that's on the outskirts or on a commuter belt town for that matter. So again, uh, people have really been reconsidering uh, the priorities of where they live and what they need from their home.
0: Yeah, and, and maybe Richard, you can talk a little bit about London uh, that I think excites a lot of people. Um, you know, when I go to YouTube Live now and I go to Facebook Live, a lot of people are just shopping. <laughs> Buying off things from the street of London.
1: <laughs> yeah. A
0: lot of Singaporeans are, you know, they flew there, they got the quarantine of two weeks and now they are just flying there and going to to all these high-end shops. Like, I, I, I mean, it's, it's all this uh, Machino and the DKNY, the international brands and all this. I think people and London still has that image of like, this is where you want to be. Right, not only for education for Singaporeans, we're talking about London University, uh, Oxford, and Cambridge, but we're really talking about London, the, the place to be, uh, and a place where people can really communicate because it's English, and uh, and and you know, and and I know that London is actually uh, the geographical the div- uh, 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 divert uh, division of the district is by. Is by concentric circle, right? District one, two, three, and to 12 districts. Am, am I right or I'm wrong? Well, because basically, those, totally those zones,
1: as they're referred to, like zone oh, one, zones. think of it like oh, yes. a, the bullseye of a, of a dartboard, and then you've mm. got concentric circles going two, three, four, five, six, and so on. Uh, they were initially created. For the transportation system so if you were just traveling let's say around in zones one two three you could get a day pass to allow you to travel unlimited Mm. within that part of london so the zones originated from a transportation uh, system but people have often used it to identify uh, places in london how close it is to the center and I certainly found that, you know, going back 10, 15 years, when I was getting more and more into the, the real estate market, uh, many people would just focus on Zone One and Two, yeah. and they wouldn't even consider anything outside mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. But as time yeah. has passed, and we've seen a ripple effect, and more recently the with pandemic, the COVID, yeah. Yeah. people looking to move to the outskirts or to of the commuter to towns because they get more bang for their buck at the end of the day.
0: Wow. I mean, you just spoke my mind. It's like, you know, it's like, get me out of Singapore <laughs> any time right now. You know, it's like, I, ju- I just need a boat to like row if I could. <laughs> just get me out here. I mean, we're really talking about people who are pent up. That's number one pent up demand because people have been in lockdown. They can't spend, they can't go to the shops. That's why you receive like in, in London, we're looking at Facebook. A lot of Singaporeans are there right now just buying things off the street of, uh, uh, I think they're they're in uh, Oxford Street. Um, I think Oxford Street is almost like the Geylang of Singapore, right? Uh, but
1: it's, I wouldn't say it's so much the Geylang, I mean, it's the big shopping street, the sort of, okay. sort of a, a, a dare I say, the affordable sort of retail shops. Um, the smaller retail in, shops, in, right? In, in Oxford, yeah, the, the smaller uh, retail shops, a little bit less expensive, maybe slightly mm. less glitzy than your Knightsbridge area of london where you've got yeah. your harrods and so on yeah. Yeah. um but yeah it's uh it's but yeah. i think yeah. you know here in singapore we've all been suffering from what i call cabin fever uh yes been, of course we've been we've been locked up in <laughs> this, an island uh, our little red dot as uh, as it's yeah. referred to you know the tip of uh, mainland malaysia and uh, not in china by the way <laughs>
0: Uh, (laughs) Thanks for the clarification to the international audience.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Uh, And often a confusion. But, um, you know, fortunately, we're starting to open up with uh, travel corridors, going to more and more countries. And I think, uh, uh, you know, so many of us who've been in Singapore and not left it for 18 months or more, you know, are just looking forward to a little bit of time in a a different place and uh, a bit of retail therapy.
0: Yeah and, and you know like what you say about London I mean it, it still gives people that dream right um London Paris I mean you can of course there it, is it, interchange right you just you just have to go on the underground uh, over Dover to go to Paris and and of course you can take a flight uh British Airways is only like 50 euros from Paris to London even from Bordeaux uh where I was you know it's only like 50 euros it's just crazy right yeah Um, you're just talking about connect being connected to the rest of europe uh in the in the place whereby it's really english speaking for the rest of the world And, and i particularly remember when i was there um you know i do a lot of transit in in britain but i remember when i when i was there um with my mother i bought a pair of shoes from oxford um leather and it really lasted me for years um leather shoes but, 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 you know, it still gives me the kind of uh, a dream, like, okay, that's the place to be, right? Uh, um, and that's the place that uh, if you want to leave the pandemic in Singapore, probably we should consider London. And let's go to Richard. Uh, at the end of the show, Richard, you can rattle off your email where people can find you. But tell us more about London and, and about this phenomenon that people are really going to the rural. And this is what I, I talked to uh, with uh, Ben Kitchens, another top podcaster in, in America. He's saying that in uh, Georgia, Atlanta, everybody's like moving out from New York. Uh, you know, they are moving out because it's so expensive there, but they are really going to to like Atlanta and people are going to the, to, to the suburbs. Uh, and I particularly like the suburbs now, because of the pandemic, I've always loved it because you've got more space, more bang for your buck. Like really, um, it, it gives you so much more like calmness, right? You will really want to really get away from the news uh, uh, and the disruption of the world that whereby you really can say the world can stop for a while. I can go back to my home in a little bit of the suburbs. Tell us about that the the the, the, the outer part, uh, Richard.
1: Sure. Well, I think one of the blessings, if you can use that word, for the pandemic is it's accelerated mm. change. Mm. And change brings opportunity. And what we've seen, uh, particularly from a real estate and residential uh, perspective is that people are changing where they live and they're no longer bound by geographical boundaries. You know, uh, research has shown that prior to the pandemic, the number one reason that people chose to live in a particular property was its accessibility to transportation. Mm. Um, And that's because people need to travel to their work. Mm. Now, the number one reason that people are looking for is access to open parkland, greenery and space. It's more of a lifestyle decision. And so what we've seen as a result of that is that people no longer feel that they have to live in the city centre Uh, that they can choose to live in the outer suburbs or even in a well-connected commuter belt town where again, they have a a much bigger bang for their buck. They'll have for the same price, a property that could be twice the size with more rooms for a, a home office to be able to work from and potentially only having to go into the office one day a week. And so again, it's really accelerated the shift and thinking about where people live and where they work and that's created opportunity people can now work from home full time and it's the norm it's it's created opportunity and as i say really accelerated that change that might otherwise have taken who knows five or ten years to see the same change that's happened um in the last 12 to 18 months
0: And you know um, Richard, uh, uh, just to reiterate um, you know, uh, tell us a couple of projects that you have right now outside of uh, London.
1: Well Um, I mean One Global we have over 40 different uh, properties across multiple cities, whether that be London, Birmingham, Manchester. But one that I did want to highlight today is in arguably the best connected commuter belt town um, in and around London called Ashford. We have a development there called the Triangle and basically it's just a 29 minute journey to central London via British Rail. It's also on the Eurostar uh, train line so it means you can connect into Paris in under two hours, Brussels in just over one and a half hours and even Amsterdam as well. Uh, It has its own economy. Mm. Um, there's just recently been a regeneration of what's called Newtown Works, which is going to be housing um, Amazon Prime, Netflix and HBO's UK office. Uh, so it's got its own economy there as well. The development itself, literally 10 minute walk into the, uh, the train station, Uh, Four-minute walk to the the leisure and uh, uh, local shopping mall, Elwick Place, and literally right on your doorstep, the River Stour and Victoria Park. The property looks over this beautiful, lush green park. So you can live effectively in a in a town where your outlook looks like rural England, and yet you could be in central London within 29 minutes. And property prices. Uh, average 39% cheaper than the average price of a property in London. So Right.
0: So I've got to stop you there because you're getting me too excited, uh, Richard. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay.
1: You can put a reservation down. I'm
0: just thinking that if this this show goes viral, you know, you've got to thank me a lot. So Richard, um, definitely, I want to stop you there because you're giving us a lot of information. Um, uh, Two questions, even before you go to the details. Um, You're talking about a couple of things, because I think myself, I want to know who is Wine Global? I hope you can rattle off like some of the projects, the turnover, how huge is it? I mean, for me, when I invested in my uh, condo in France, the first thing I did was to look at the financial statements, right? If it doesn't have a billion turnover per year, I can't invest in that. I mean, I'm talking about in France. Now, the other thing is that um, another uh, question is, uh, you offering here the opportunity of tea of person a uh, 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 potential investor like myself to buy a property and live there, or you are proposing an opportunity for timeshare, which is a second period, category of investment, or an investment for uh, lease and management. Uh, which category are you talking about? I mean, you're talking about people like myself. I've not invested in UK. I do not know a lot about UK, even though I studied Shakespeare. Um, I've, been, I've been to Stratford. But, you know, tell us a little bit more about uh, these three categories. What, sure. what do you do? Yeah.
1: Sure, I, I would say the primaries uh serving clients who are looking for investment property my definition of an investment property is something that you are investing your hard-earned cash into Mm. an asset that you wish to see grow in in, uh, grow your wealth over time it's not somewhere that you necessarily look to live in Mm. Um, it's purely a means to an end pure
0: investment for roi yeah a very hard-nosed
1: business decision that's the majority Yep. We do have a minority of people that are buying to live in. It may be an expat that's looking to relocate back mm-hmm. to London or mm-hmm. you know, for a wealthy client that wants to have their own personal property so that when they do travel to Europe, they've got a base in which to live from.
0: Okay. Okay, one question. Like for 500000 Singapore dollars, how? what are the things you can... Um, what's available for Singaporeans? 500000
1: Sure. Uh, Well, anything I would say on the outer skirts of London and properties in the second tier cities of places like Birmingham, Manchester, mm. Liverpool, Leeds. Wow. Uh, definitely that would actually that's be a where very the f- that would that's be where a very the famous footballers budget. are, right? Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't
0: want to be in there?
1: <laughs> and where I studied We're in, in, in Newcastle, <laughs> in Newcastle, they've just been bought over by uh, one of these Arab uh, groups that have now yeah, become the richest club it, yeah. in uh, in the whole of the UK. So yeah. up the tsunami, as they say.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like, um, So, you know, there are still many benchmarks. Tell us like rattle off. 500,000, what can someone get? Okay, in terms of like the two categories, the lease and management, like what you do, and then also uh, investment as in they do their own lease and they do their own rental, but uh, uh, just an outright buy, what can anyone get outside?
1: for for, three hundred thousand five hundred thousand singapore dollars that's let's say roughly three hundred thousand singapore uh sorry three hundred thousand pounds yeah uh you could buy you know a one two bedroom unit on the outskirts of london or Mm -hmm. a two three bedroom unit in a place like birmingham manchester uh liverpool
0: like if what's you the t- size like? What's the size like?
1: So uh, a, a one-bedroom unit typically around about sort of six hundred square feet. Two-bedroom unit eight hundred to a thousand square feet. Three-bedroom unit maybe a thousand to thousand five hundred square feet. But wow. at the same time, you can leverage that money. So three hundred thousand pounds, you could use and put a hundred thousand deposit on three properties and effectively leverage your money, which will give you potentially a far greater return on mm. the capital employed.
0: Does your company do, do that too?
1: Absolutely, so we'll help oh, wow. with bank financing and once the property is ready to rent out, mm. uh, we'll assist with everything from helping the client uh, market the property, find the tenant, manage it on a day-to-day basis, collect your rent, and even help to resell it at some stage of the future when you wish to take back your profits.
0: Can you describe how uh, a dream life looks like staying in the outskirts? <laughs> I, think I think that's everyone like, would like to know. Now we're in pandemic lockdowns, right? Tell us how a typical life, uh, when you get up early in the morning, what do you do? Walk to the garden?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I, do I, a barbecue you, there. I used to have a, a beautiful property in the county of Devon, which is in the southwest of England. It had mm-hmm. coastal views on three sides of the property. Oh, wow. um, and it really was my dream house. Uh, it was yeah. a place that I bought. It was much more of an emotional attachment. It was places that I visited, had holidays as a child um, and used as a base so that when I went back to the UK on holidays, um, I would stay put there and I'd invite all my friends and family Uh, to come and and, and join us so that they could have a holiday whilst we were in a beautiful uh, holiday location. But yeah, that's one of the beauties of living in a a landed property with a a garden in a beautiful part of the world. That, um, you know, the nature is on your doorstep. Um, And you were
0: were talking about perpetual holding, right? Yes, yeah.
1: Uh, So uh, typically a landed property in the UK is freehold. If it's an apartment or a condo, uh, it will be a leasehold. Typically, the ch- uh, leasehold will vary from about 125 to 999-year leases. Mm.
0: Uh, and do you do, you do um, houses?
1: Uh, we do, but we tend to find from an investment perspective, an apartment is less difficult to manage. You know, when yeah, you've got of a, a landed property with a garden, it yeah, does take more time property, and energy
0: manage, manager
1: yeah so typically we find for those profile investors that are looking for an investment property they're not going to be living in it uh, it's mostly uh, apartments Apartment, yeah. but if it is a bespoke search for somebody who's looking to have their dream home or to relocate back to the uk then we can do a bespoke search and find their dream property
0: like because my husband and i were thinking like we need a pawn with fish we need to have a place where we can barbecue an outdoor jacuzzi and then build our sauna um you know in a hut you know we're thinking about all that like you know just get out of this life you know um you know you know a lot of us right now uh, in the pandemic um you've painted a beautiful picture I, I think all of us are living are really like trying to live a new life post pandemic and uh your show Wealth management, uh, live, living again post-pandemic. I think I think it's it's like an inspiration call for us. Like you know, um, you know, in this pandemic, um, I mean, let's face it, seven over seven point four point seven million people died directly from COVID, right? They died so that we can live. Think about that. So I always wake up with a heart of gratitude, uh, uh, Richard. Um, if anything woke me up in this uh, pandemic is that is that. That chance that we are able to wake up, breathe, have our limbs and to able to work and then to be able to plan ahead whatever uh, uncertainties there are. I mean, it's such a blessing, uh, Richard, um, to be able to like kind of like relive your life, things that you held yourself back before. Uh, the job that you didn't you were afraid to look for the place you were afraid to go the things that you were afraid to venture uh, you know what i'm trying to say sure um, the, the mistakes that you made you want to like undo them do it now uh, i mean it's a time whereby a lot of us like in 2020 2020 2020 is it actually where we will walk now. 2021 i think people try to rediscover and i think let's not waste this phase um before we even like get out I think it's a time whereby we can sit down and reevaluate. You know, what were the fears before? Uh, what were things that hold us back in our lives? Uh, what were the areas in our lives that we didn't like? Like, you know, when people ask you, what you, what would you redo if you can live again? I mean, this is the chance, isn't it? What would you do when you can relive your life? Uh, I think if 2021 marks. Uh, a really important calendar in humanity and the world it really it's really about people really given being given a second lease of life you go out there you live your dream you go to places that you were afraid things that held you back you were you were afraid um times whereby you did not dare to say sorry you say that times whereby you held back to say i love you that's the time that's the chance right this is the the, the, the time whereby you break Away from all the glass walls, right? That Absolutely. you build. That you build yourself with. We're not even talking about glass ceilings. We're talking about breaking the glass ceilings, breaking the glass walls. You know, that's why I thought that you coming onto the show makes it so important because you give that new light, uh, if you believe it or not, to tell people that hey, you don't you can relive your life. You you had been in a rut before. <laughs> The pandemic, and the pandemic put you in a greater rut. Now is the time for you to like get out uh, uh, of, of, of that rut. Um, and, 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 you know, and I always feel that you know for Asians, a home is the number one investment. Number one and the beginning and the end, right? For Asians, right? The first thing like you put your money in the piggy bank is always for your home, not your car, right? Not for new clothes. Right. It's always about getting that home and making that um, the heirloom for your children, building up the future, building up the wealth for yourself, for your retirement and for children. Uh, uh, Richard, am I right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I personally had a a mantra that is to live life to the full. I mean, that's one of the things that I aspire to do. Um, Change is something that's inevitable in life. And I think one of the things that does, does hold people back is the ability to adapt and, and change. But I think that often in times that we've just gone through helps people to really reflect on their lives and what is truly important. And I hope that yeah, if we can look at a positive that reflecting and saying, well, look, you know, life is fragile, life is precious. There are many things in my life that I haven't done that I'd like to achieve. Um, Many things on the bucket list that I've been dreaming about but putting off. And I think that when we go through the challenges where we might have loved a lost one, um, or lost a loved one, sorry, or we've had a a major illness ourselves, whether that be the the pandemic and being hospitalized or some other close or, or near-death encounter it really helps yeah. us to reevaluate you, you, you really kind values. of wake,
0: wake you up right I mean just just looking at the data I mean uh, and you're right to say that you know um, just really going out there to uh, live your life again and you never know Richard I may just be coming into your office with my husband and and then buy a ticket to London <laughs> but not where not where the crowds are right? Not where the crowds are, but really just going out there in the suburbs, uh, where where um, you know where people just really want to get away from the crowds and just calm down a little bit, and then try to like have the space, right? And, and with that space, you really have that natural social distancing, right? Even you have a standalone apartment. I mean, Singapore is really a place where, everything is just so packed. We're really the second uh, most dense uh, population uh, in the world. Uh, in Singapore. So I think a lot of people are just really um, uh, uh, dying to get out uh, excuse the pun which is so bad in bad taste but you know people are really like just wanting to get out. So uh, Richard for the for the last 40 minutes we had such a great wonderful time with you you're such a great person to talk to and I'm very sure um, the audience will tune in to you for what you've got to uh, uh, say more uh, whereby we can put in more videos, more pictures about the dream in London, outskirts of London, and uh, going to Richard. Um, you know, people can come to you virtually, they don't have to come to Singapore, right? Sure,
1: absolutely. Uh, uh, as, like as I TV. said, I've I've always been a big advocate, I've always been a big dreamer. Uh, sometimes that could be to my detriment, but <laughs> I, I would rather yeah. be on my deathbed, feeling that, have I achieved everything in life? Did I give it a go? Did I give it um, a go? Wow. As, a, as opposed to, you know, thinking, what if, yeah. you know, I would exactly. hate to be on my deathbed thinking, what if? Yeah. And yeah, I think, exactly. you know, I hope that my life in certain respects has shown that I've dared to take a risk. I, I live in a country that's not where I was brought up. I have married somebody who's from a completely different background and culture. Uh, I've had to adapt to uh, a lot of different environments uh, through both work and um, the, the place that I've chosen to live but I enjoy that um, it makes life you know much more fun and exciting than uh, going through the the day-to-day routine of having no change in life.
0: Um, Richard well said um, and, and, and you know I, I feel that connection with you and that's why um, I've got my investment in France, trying to um, carve, uh, 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 you know, to, be, to do my own development uh, in France. Um, you know, I, I may come to you and, and to kind of like shift um, my office and my, my business from France to London because uh, France is really like, I mean, with all respect and all the love, all right, it's just a bureaucracy that's just killing me, right? Um let alone let alone the language. I mean I love the language, I love the people, I I love, love, love the culture, I love and the people love me. But it's it's really the red tape. It's really the red tape that kills you because time is money. Um time is life. You know, you don't want to lose like one year just to get a piece of paper, which happens in France, right? People yeah, so so I I would love to hear from you again. I, I think the audience um, would 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 really want to come back to you um, for the second episode of uh, what are the dreams uh, what the dreams are made of uh, in London and what you can offer them uh, the people and myself particularly I am very intrigued about uh, uh, London about about you know UK as a whole even though um, not really invested a lot of my time there but just being there as a tourist but you know now the times are different we have to evaluate the life's opportunities out there, right? We have a life to live now. So we don't want to cut short our own opportunities, right, Richard?
1: Sure, absolutely. Well, uh, you know, I'd be delighted to share more details. London is a great international dynamic city, but uh, there's so much more to the UK as well, which I'd be more than happy to share in future
0: episodes. I would love to. I would love to.
1: Watch this space, so to speak.
0: Yeah, I would love to um, come to you to buy a piece of uh, farmland. Uh, and I'm not kidding you because I looked at agriculture, not vineyards, you know, in, in France, but I looked at agriculture, um, you know, in because big, huge, vast pieces of land, I would love that and then build a house in the middle of it. So, you know, Richard, I will come back to you. And ladies and gentlemen, this is Richard Lowe. Um, Formerly from UK, Oxford, but now uh, as a professional expert in Singapore and running his business with One Global Property Service. And we'll hear more about One Global in this next episode. And uh, uh, Richard, could you rattle your email for people whom they want to write to you?
1: Yeah, sure. It's uh, richardlo at ogpsglobal.com. That's. Yeah. Richard Lowe at ogpsglobal.com So I look forward to any emails and I'll be delighted to share my thoughts and insights and uh, see if I can help you.
0: Yeah, and because this is uh, also recorded on YouTube and podcast, you can always click and then re-listen to his email again. <laughs> and if it's interesting, please share, like and then come back to us for the next episode whereby Richard is going to dive in to tell us more about the dreams. What dreams are made of, right? So Richard, thank you so much. And for the next 10 seconds, I just want to thank you, the audience, for being with us. And also thank Richard uh, for the great um, testimonies about Singapore, about being Singaporean, about the third culture in Singapore. And we've got to share more love from Singapore to the rest of the world, Richard
1: absolutely i look forward to it
0: yeah richard um thank you so much and i enjoyed it so much ladies and gentlemen come tune in to richard left or right right and then uh we will show you much more videos and much more pictures about uh how dreams are made up so richard thank you and stay safe you and your wife would you like to um make a shout out to her here
1: (laughs) she's she's working hard at home i've got two children as we speak doing their o-level uh english right now so good luck we love you all
0: wow so that's richard to the rest of us so i will come back to you ladies and gentlemen and present richard um and what um he can offer us and tell us more about uh, London, the culture, the history, the architecture, the shopping and the food. And I'm saying th- I'm, I'm very sure these are the things that draw people to London. Bye!